in at Proverbs 17 and verse number 15. I got 37 minutes, and uh, we don't have a cowbell tonight, so, uh, but we do want to uh, finish up uh, and give the choir time and preparation, uh, special preparation, of course. Christmas time coming up, and I hope, by the way, I hope you got, uh, you probably got a message. Uh, we sent out a message blast and uh, from the church uh, uh, about the Christmas program. Take that and forward it. Forward it, and do however you do that. Just do it now, all that you can, and then we have uh, we have uh, tracks coming. Hopefully within the, within the week, we have tracks coming, and they've got the Christmas program uh, on the front of it, and, and the gospel on the back. So we'll use those for our track campaign here in the next few weeks, and try to get folks uh, here for the uh, for the Christmas program. Proverbs chapter 17, and uh, we're going to jump into the deep end right off the bat tonight. And you'll see this verse. Heavenly Father, we love you. We need you. I, all is vain without your spirit. Lord, I don't want to entertain. I don't want to bore. I don't want to just take up somebody's time. I don't want to help somebody fulfill their duty. But Lord, I sure do want to convey your truth and your wisdom. And I can't do that without the help of your spirit. I need your wisdom to teach. And we need your wisdom to hear. And your spirit to receive and apply what we learn in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 15. If you're new to this uh, study with us, we're going verse by verse through the book of Proverbs over the next 10 years. And uh, <laughs> uh, that was for Mark Jerome. Uh, anyway, but uh, anyway, we're having a good, right? We're having a good time, Brother Mark. All right, we're having a good time. Great. Here we go. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse number 15. He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just. Even they both are abomination to the Lord. It's kind of two sides of the same coin, if you will. Here's a man that, that uh, defends, justifies uh, wickedness. A person who's doing wickedness. Maybe his own wickedness or the wickedness of someone else. And then someone, flip side of that, someone who condemns a person who's doing the right thing. The word abomination... Uh, According to Webster's Dictionary, we're using the old 1828 Webster's Dictionary when we give you these Webster's di uh, uh, definitions, by the way. And you understand the reason for that, right? When it comes to defining Bible words, older is better as far as the dictionary is concerned because words change over time. And so we want to know what they meant way back then. So here's what uh, the 1828 Dictionary says. Abomination, an object of extreme hatred. An object of extreme hatred. What does it mean? It means God hates that. God hates that. And by the way, the hatred here is not toward an it. The hatred in this verse is toward who? He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just. Even they both are abomination to the Lord. Uh, this is a very similar verse down uh, near the end of the chapter where in verse 26 it says to punish the just is not good. And that's the same thing he's talking about here. Uh, very similar to what he's talking about here in verse number 15. Let me give you very simple. God hates injustice. God hates injustice. God hates injustice. We're living in a day where we see on a daily basis the abomination of those who justify the most depraved, wicked, 
vile, degrading filth and stand up and uh, defend it and promote it and try to force it on others. We, who would have thought, who would have thought that the Library Association would become porn peddlers? And that's exactly what's happened in our nation. They're porn peddlers. The library. The library. Don't we think of the library in our nation's history as a good wholesome place to go to? The library. But now then, the the, uh, defense and promotion and justification of murder. And I'll say again, my friend, listen to me. Just because we, we call ourselves a civilized society, and just because the murderer is wearing a white coat and the accomplice signed a piece of paper that gave permission to do so, does not make it murder any less barbaric than it did when those Old Testament kings put their children in the hands of the god Moloch. Uh, Moloch is one of the false gods and with outstretched hands and inside was an oven and, uh, and they would, they would uh, build a fire inside this god, a hollowed place in this god with his outstretched hands and they would come to appease their demon gods. They would come and put their children in the hands of Moloch and they would go down in the fire and they would be burned alive. And let me tell you something, that's the, in the eyes of God that is no more detestable than for us to sacrifice human life on the altar of lust and pr- uh, uh, promiscuity, no different in the eyes of a holy God. You say, yeah, but the, yeah, but the, 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 the law said, God doesn't, uh, God doesn't uh, bend to the laws of men. No, sir. God hates injustice. He hates lawlessness. The, 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 the duplicity that's in our nation, it's, it's just, it's just staggering. Uh, but the, 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 the crime is just, it is, if, you, if you just look at the statistics, statistics, crime is skyrocketing in our nation. The Bible says when judgment is not exercised speedily, then evil, uh, and this is, uh, I'm not quoting verbatim, but evil permeates the land. When, when there's not swift justice, when you are not held accountable, when, when marauding bands of young people or whoever can go in a store and, and, and bust out windows and go in and rake things off the, the shelves and go out and walk the streets without impunity and not going to be held accountable, we are a lawless land. And you listen to me. God, God is not uh, pre- preoccupied with something that he does not notice these things. He hates, he says it is an abomination when we justify wickedness. Legalized theft. God hasn't missed that. I'm talking about casinos and lottery. By the way, stealing is stealing, is stealing, is stealing. Amen? Uh, the business of offending children, which Jesus said is worthy of having a millstone put around your neck and throw you in the lake. Uh, we have offended the children of this nation with queer indoctrination 
And our little children are being taught that men can have babies. That's not just living in la-la land. That, that, that is, that is uh, perversion. It's filth. First of all, it's a lie. It's stupid. It's not even, it's a dumb, it's a stupid lie. You got to be brainless. To... Okay, anyway. But sexual perversion, indoctrination, and even mutilation of our children. And you don't think God doesn't have some, uh, some millstones to hang around some necks? The blatant corruption that's in our nation without any kind of meaningful accountability. And I tell you what's happened. I tell you what's happened in, in December. Look at me. Let me tell you what's happened since December, since uh, the 7th. Uh, what's happened in Israel. It has pulled, it has pulled the sheep back on the indoctrination of, of, of young minds in our university systems in this country. The, listen, the, the, the hatred for Israel is spawned by a hatred for the nation who gave us the Christ child, who gave us the word of God. The blessing that God gave in Genesis chapter 12 has been resented by Satan and his forces ever since God put his smile upon Abraham and his seed. And by the way, that promise still stands in Genesis chapter 12, 1, 2, and 3. And you read it, and if you curse Israel, God will curse you. And you bless Israel, God will bless you. That's in your Bible still, and God still lives by that. But this, what's happened, what's happened is, is it's, it, it has exposed. We're, we're paying for it. We're paying for it. Many of, much of it's been paid for by our tax dollars. The indoctrination of hatred. Now, let me tell you something. God's a just God. And he calls it an abomination to justify wickedness. He, folks, stand up and, 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 and justify what the atrocities that have taken place and justify and stand up and march. And, 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 and it's, it's unthinkable. Now then, the flip side of that is the condemnation of the just. We see that in our nation. Trying to destroy decent people. Trying to destroy patriots. People who love their nation. Let me tell you something. I love my nation. I love, I love America. So you're a Christian nationalist. Check, check. Yes, I love my nation. And I am a Christian. I am a C. I am a C-H. I am a C-H-R-S-T-I-N. Amen. And I love my country. When did that become a bad thing? Okay. But the effort to destroy decent people, to destroy patriots, to destroy the lives of pro-life activists, like the lady who got arrested for standing on the street corner in silent prayer. That was in England. The... Uh, the, 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 the hatred for Jews. And listen to me very carefully. Uh, the hatred for Jews is, is, is front, at first and foremost, 
And right behind it is hatred for Christianity. Now, whatever you think of President Trump, he is not what I would call an icon of godliness. I think we all know that. But to, to try to destroy a president, if everything he's been accused of is true, and I don't believe it is. God knows what, what is and isn't. But if everything he's been accused of is true, it's like kicking the neighbor's dog versus setting the neighbor's house on fire with them in it. The people want to put him in jail for kicking the neighbor's dog or set people's house on fire with people in it. We have the justification of wickedness and we have the condemnation of those who are just. And God isn't missing it. Solon was uh, the forefather. He was uh, really the forefather of, in Greek culture, of the city of Athens. He was a lawmaker. He was a poet. He's credited as saying this. A republic walks upon two feet. One being just punishment for the unworthy and the other due reward for the worthy. If it fail in either of these, it necessarily goes lame. How if it fail in both? <laughs> now guess what? You're living, you and I are living in a nation right now that's having his legs cut out from under us because of unjust punishment and, uh, and, and, and reward. Deuteronomy 32.4 He is the rock and it's a capital R. He is the rock. His work is perfect. All his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. God is a just God. In 2 Samuel 23.3, the Bible said, The God of Israel said, The rock, capital R again, of Israel spake to me, He that ruleth over men must be just. Ruling in the fear of God. Now let me tell you something. <clears throat> if you and I want to, we could stay tied in knots with all the injustice that we see day in and day out. But let me give you a little comfort. God's going to sort it out one day. Matthew 13, 49. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. God's, God's got, he, he's got a pretty good tabulation system. He's got a pretty good accounting system. Amen. The Bible said every idle word will give account of. Yes. I think of a Bible example of this is Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab and Jezebel condemned a just man named Naboth. You know the story, I'm sure. If you don't, let me give it to you briefly. Um, Ahab and Jezebel condemned a man, Naboth. Naboth had a vineyard. And Ahab, the king, uh, and his wicked wife Jezebel, uh, Ahab wanted that uh, Naboth's uh, family land, and he had a beautiful vineyard on that family land. And by the way, as you know, we taught in here before, uh, you, uh, that land could not permanently exchange hands. Uh, it could be rented out, leased out, so to speak, but it had to be re returned, year of jubilee and all that. So, uh, but the king came, and he said, I want to buy it from, for keeps. He said, I can't do that. You know, God's law says, I, I can't do that, and I'm not going to do that. 
And he, Ahab started pouting. And Jezebel was a God-hater who worshipped Baal. And she was a perverted God-hater. Um, she said, I'll get your vineyard for you. And she plotted and had Naboth falsely accused and went to court falsely accused, maligned his character and had him, uh, had him executed, falsely executed. And when that happened, uh, the man of God, Elijah, in 1 Kings 21, and the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Elijah the Tishbite saying, Rise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, which is in Samaria, both he is... Uh, behold, he's in the vineyard of Naboth, whither he has gone down to possess it. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou killed and also taken possession? And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick thy blood even, even thine. That's the same God you and I serve today. Down in verse 23, And of Jezebel, Ahab's wife, also spake the Lord, saying, The dog shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. And you go back and read about Jezreel, uh, Jezebel and how she died. And she was cast down, and they, they left her body laying there when they came back. So, well, she is the daughter of a king. We should at least give her a decent burial. And they went back, and they wouldn't let almost nothing left. The dogs did, in fact, eat her own flesh. Now, my point in all this is this. We have a just God in heaven. And... Uh, and you and I don't have to worry about straightening out these world's problems. We do need to be salt and light while we're down here. Amen. We, we need to win everybody to Christ we can. Amen. Hey, if your hope, listen, the hope is not in the White House. I don't care who, who gets a White House. The hope for our nation is not in the White House. You hear me? Now, you need to vote. You need to vote intelligently. And, and uh, uh, bless your heart, if you've been brainwashed, stay in church and read your Bible, and that'll help you. You'll get it figured out. But, 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 but that's not the hope of our, of our nation. Amen. That's not the hope of our nation. Uh, I tell you what, the church house is the hope of this nation. And the proclamation of God's word from this pulpit and from those lecterns where you teachers teach every Sunday and uh, from the soul winners and you as a witness in your workplace, that's the hope of this nation for us to be salt and light and God help us to do that. Now, that's all good and well what we just talked about and nobody disagrees. But take your Bible, if you would, and turn to Deuteronomy 19. The subject of justice doesn't just apply to the heathen. The principle of justice applies to you and I as God's people. If we are to be godly, then we must be like God in that we must be just. And to be less than just means to be unlike God, which means to be ungodly. Without turning to it, Micah 6 says this, verse 8, he, that, he hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee? What does God require of us? Listen, what doth the Lord require of thee? But to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Now, let me show you. I, I've taught you this in different, uh, different uh, settings before. Uh, I know most recently in Sunday school, for those of you in pastors, I taught him class. But Deuteronomy chapter 19, God lays out in this, in, uh, for his people, a system of justice. If we would apply the principles of these handful of verses right here, we would absolutely revolutionize our justice system and our nation. Follow me here in verse number uh, uh, 15. Deuteronomy 
I'm sorry, what did I say? Deuteronomy 19. Did I say that? Deuteronomy 19 and verse number 15. All right? Follow me. One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin in any sin that he sinneth. All right, look at it for just a moment. Let's establish something. What's a witness? What's a witness? You hear? You see that? That's a witness. Not, I read it on the internet. I saw it on Facebook. Or so-and-so told me, and you know they're trustworthy. No. One witness shall not rise up against a man for for, what's the next word? Any iniquity. Or for any sin. In any sin that he sinneth. At the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. Here's what God has said. No court of justice is to accept as true the word of one man against another. That's in your Bible. No courtroom should take the word of one man against another. Not the courtroom of law and not the courtroom of your mind or my mind. At, verse 15 again, look at the second half, at the mouth of What's it say? Two, what's, that, what, what's that number there? Two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. All right. First of all, it says witnesses. So hearsay is not admissible. In God's system of justice, hearsay is not admissible. And one witness cannot bring, one witness cannot open an investigation. Two witnesses or three. He said, I don't think that's right. I don't know what you're going to do with that. <laughs> Why? Well, what? You have a greater sense of justice than God? Really? That's where you're getting ready to go in your mind? This is God's word, right? Verse 16, if a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him that which is wrong, then both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priests, and the judges, so to stand before the Lord was to stand before the priests, the judges, God's appointed authority. In other words, with the authority of the Lord, you would stand before the human uh, uh, judges, the priests and the judges, and uh, in so doing, uh, stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges, which shall be in those days. And, and, all right, so here we have a controversy. A man has witnessed 
So the first requirements were met. And uh, two witnesses come, at least two witnesses have come, and they have made an accusation. Now then, we have grounds for an investigation to be opened. Verse 18. Look where the investigation begins. And the judges shall make diligent inquisition. And behold, if the witness be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother, then shall ye do unto him as he had thought to have done unto his brother. Do you know where, if I, if I understand this correctly, so two witnesses come forward. You cannot open an investigation unless you have at least two witnesses. And two witnesses come forward, the investigation opens. Guess where it starts? With the witnesses. <laughs> the first people to be investigated are the witnesses. You, know, you read something on the internet, and you first of all, you don't even know who wrote it. You have no idea what their credibility is. Can I tell you something? This world is filled with bitter people. We're not going to get to it tonight because I only got 12 minutes left. But we, this, in this chapter right here, you, your mind can become so twisted, you, you can't see any good in the world around you. I've met some folks like this. They can't see any good. Their minds are so distorted by filth and criticism and, and scorn and so forth. So, 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 the, so the investigation is open. And let's find out what the character is of the accuser. Guess what? If in the investigation it is found that the accuser made a false accusation, then the Bible says the punishment was whatever the punishment would have been if the accused had been found guilty, whatever the punishment would have been, if it's found in the investigation that the accuser was lying, then the accuser got the punishment that the accused would have gotten. Now, wouldn't that clean up our justice system? Verse 19, Then shall ye do unto him as he had thought to have done unto his brother, so shalt thou put the evil away from among you. I think that would be a, go a long way to putting away some evil. So they would be punished. They would receive the punishment of the accused. Now, here's the purpose of it. Verse 20, And those which remain shall hear, and fear, <laughs> and shall henceforth commit no more any such evil among you. And the Bible says there, such laws against perjury were, were meant to be a deterrent and were an effective deterrent. I think that would be an effective deterrent. In verse 21, now watch this. And thine eye shall not pity. Look at me. Here's what God said. Here's what some of you are going to do. Here's a guy comes up and tries to destroy another person's life. He lies about a guy and tries to destroy his life. It's found out that he lied. Now he's going to get the punishment that guy is, 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 would have gotten if he had been successful in destroying the man's life. Now he gets that punishment and God says, I don't know what some of you are going to do. Some of you are going to feel sorry for him. He said, verse 21, Thine eye shall not pity, but life shall go for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for 
for foot. In other words, God is saying, don't think you know justice better than I know justice. And don't think you're more merciful than I am. Now, that's all goodwill, isn't it? But what does the New Testament say? Romans 14. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? James 4.11. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. You with me? Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Now listen, I am not to judge another man's servant. Let me tell you what that means. That means I'm not supposed to sit and think about what somebody else is supposed to do at their, in their marriage, in their home, with their children, because that's not my house, that's not my marriage, it's not for me to sit around like I'm the judge and I have perfect judgment. And first of all, you don't even know the details. But justice is such, the Bible says justice is, you, you, don't, you don't make judgment calls. First of all, you don't make judgment about people unless you are the one in charge. <laughs> Why do you need an opinion about everything? That's not just. If you are the one in charge of that area, if it is your uh, uh, God-given realm of authority, dad in the home, teacher in the classroom, principal in the school, pastor in the church, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, officer representing the law in uh, his line of duty, if you and I, in our era of responsibility, are not to judge without two witnesses and an investigation to make sure the witnesses are truthful and honest, how in the world do we think that we can make judgments about someone else's servant, someone else's area, someone else's uh, uh, sphere of, of uh, God-given influence and, and, and authority because we have insight? Maybe we have that distorted view is what we have. Here's a question that we need to ask ourselves, okay? Am I being just with my fellow man? We know. We, we see injustice all around us. And we can pray, and I do, and I read those things, and I pray. I pray for justice to be served. I'd like, for, I'd like some justice to be served in this nation. Wouldn't you like? I'd like to see that. But you know what? I can only do. I can only make sure that I'm just in my own life, in my own area. I'm not to judge another man's area. I'm supposed to take care of my own, and I'm supposed to do it biblically. And we just read how to do that biblically here in Deuteronomy 19. So the question for you and I is: Am I being just with my fellow man? You know, think about. It. Here's a question for all of us: What is my estimate? Of others founded on. What is my estimate of others? What is my opinion of others founded on? And you and I know this is true. That far too often it's on what we heard. What we read. 
Is that right? Now, does that meet the Bible formula? If I go to the authority and say, I read something about so-and-so. You did. Does that, get, does that open an investigation, yes or no? No. I heard something about so-and-so. Does that open an investigation, yes or no? Okay, now wait a minute. Hold on a second. So if I read something and I hear something, am I supposed to open an investigation in my own mind, yes or no? Is that just to my fellow man, yes or no? No, it is not. Am I being just when I just decide I don't like someone? I just don't like that person. Is, is that just? Wait a minute. He is a rock. He is the rock. His work is perfect. All his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. You <laughs> see, we all, uh, uh, we all can spend the rest of the night talking about how horrible and unjust the whole world is. But you know what we need? If we want justice in the land, maybe we need to start right here. I need to start with me. You can start with yourself. Let me give you a series of questions. Based on what we read in Deuteronomy 19. Am I being just if I form an opinion about someone without knowing them? How is it that you are so wise to know that a person is a terrible person and you've never met them? Oh, yeah, but somebody I love and trust said, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, you know what you call that? Hearsay. Oh, but they're a good person. Uh Uh-huh. I don't even know good people can fall to injustice, right? Yes. I, I, I'm not responsible for him being just. I'm responsible for me being just before God. Here's another question. Am I being just when I listen to people who are not witnesses? When someone wants to fill my ear and they're not a witness... Am I being just to the one who's being implicated? Am I being just to the accused by listening? Do you know, folks, listen. Gossip has to have a tongue and an ear in order to spread. Am I being just when I believe something because of one witness? Deuteronomy 19, am I just if I believe it's true because of one witness? Is that Bible justice, yes or no? No, it is not. Am I being just if I have an opinion because of what one witness said? No. Am I just when I tell someone else what one witness said. Am I being just when I tell someone else what one witness said? Nope. Is that Bible justice, Deuteronomy 19? Nope. Am I being just when I believe two witnesses without an investigation? Am I being just if I believe two witnesses without an investigation? It takes two witnesses to open the investigation. And where does the investigation go next? To the accuser to make sure 
that he has followed uh, the rules of justice to make sure that he's not just repeating something, make sure he's an actual witness, make sure that his witness is true. So I, look, you don't make an opinion because something goes to court. That's, that's, what, that's where we're at in our land. It used to be a person was innocent until proven guilty. That used to be what we believed and practiced here in our nation by and large. That is no longer true. Am I just? Am I being just? If I begin investigating without two witnesses. Everybody heard me a while ago, right? Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 19. Just asking, based on the Deuteronomy 19 rules. Am I being just when I look for a witness? Can I tell you something? You can find pretty much whatever you go looking for. Am I being just when I make a decision about someone in my mind and then go looking for the wrong to support my decision? Am I being just, yes or no? Am I being just when in my investigation I'm only looking for the negative? Is that justice? No. (laughs) Am I being just when I want someone to be guilty? You know why you want someone to be guilty? Because in your mind, you're already leaning toward the persuasion that they're guilty. The Bible says this. Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. New Testament. Things are not always as they appear, are they? I'm almost done. I've got negative one minute. Am I just when I seek only one side of a matter? No. Am I just when I seek any side of a matter that's outside of my area? No. Am I just when I make judgments outside of my area? No, I am not. He is a rock. His work is perfect. All his ways are judgment. God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. Anybody ever have that little... Tune in your head. That's Deuteronomy 32.4. I'll teach it to you later because I'm two minutes late. We finished the verse. God is good. All right, let's pray and inquire. I think we're going to get right to it. Oh, where's my choir man? Okay, we're going to get right to it. And the adult choir has some work to do. And so, Father, we love you. Thank you for the